Hey jibbers and jabbers, it's J-Mac here. This is just for you audio listeners. Thank you very much for listening to us as long as you have. We much appreciate it and we hope you're still enjoying it. But we would love it if you would go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you love what you hear, you'll love what you see. Get over there now, click on subscribe to keep up to date. Thank you. Sunday, everyone, and welcome to the Jibber Jabber podcast. And look who's back! <laughs> it's nice to be back. Um, don't get me wrong, anniversaries are great, but I did miss this. Did. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and what a show to be coming back on, J Mac. Uh, last week we done the the box office banter and kind of talked a bit about uh, the new. Uh, what was it called again? <laughs> it was uh, Fast and the Furious 9. It was easily forgettable. No, I'm only joking. Uh, so this week, we are chatting to the very, very talented, very talented who, J-Mac? Cliff McMillan. <laughs> and uh, so for those of you who are not familiar with Cliff McMillan, there is a company called Shout Factory, which, uh, you know, it's like a pocket of that is Scream Factory, where uh, if you if you own physical blu-rays dvds i would i would ask you to check a lot of your collection and look for that little scream factory logo i know that i had more of their stuff than i actually that i realized um but they've got a full online store uh some of your some of the cl- most classic horrors what are some of your favorite horrors j mac uh halloween <laughs> funnily enough um <laughs> I, th- I think i honestly think halloween is is my absolute favorite horror film of all time um mm. the the original anyway and um not, not as big a fan of Halloween 3 as you are, but um, and that's something we can maybe get into later. But, oh, well, uh, I'm really, I know. I really um, know what thinks of that. Yeah, there's, honestly, that is that is the pinnacle of horror for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's just so kind of deeply burned into my psyche now that it's it's, no, it's never going away. And neither neither it should, because it's still, it still holds up to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we know that September the 28th, uh, we will see, and you can see them at the top here, um, you can see the Halloween 4K. So Halloween 1 right up to Halloween 5 is being re-released on 4K with, I mean, the bundle that you get just looks incredible. There's posters of the artwork that you can see here and much, much more, which we will be talking to Cliff about. Uh, so before I bring Cliff in, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to give you a bit of a recap on how how uh, how iconic Halloween is. <music> Ladies and gentlemen, Cliff McMillan. Hello out there. Hey, hey, hey. So uh, we're we're broadcast live in Scotland t- tonight, obviously, and, and around the world. And I've just received a, a text message there while the the visuals we were playing there, Michael Myers. And it's someone, uh, a good friend of mine, saying, mate, why did you have to do this very podcast while the, the final of the game's on? Over here in Scotland, there's a big, <laughs> there's a big final here in the UK of the, the Euro football. And... Uh, 
the guy that had messaged me is a massive Halloween fan, so he's kind of gutted that he's watching football right now and not here. But that's why that's that's why you could see it in the archives. Um, yeah. So today we're going to basically be chatting to you, Cliff, about your journey, um, what made you do what you're doing, how you do it, you know, how how does it benefit you, and kind of what what can come of that in the future, how what the the end goal is. Are you maybe at the end goal? Uh, and of course, Halloween, the new 4K releases, stuff that, that we'll see on this that we didn't see. Because you guys did do a a box set previous of the Halloween movies. Is that I'm right about saying that because I saw it in the store. Yeah, I think it was 2014, Anchor Bay mm-hmm. and Chef Factory came together to put the yeah. box set out. Yeah. That's quite incredible. So to kind of, we'll, we'll kind of chat a little bit about Halloween before we kind of go into the, the, your journey because obviously everybody wants to know what's going on with Halloween. Uh, first question that, that had kind of been asked quite a lot was, you know, with this new 4K release, um, it goes from one to five. So is there is there a reason that six and H2O and Resurrection isn't there or did you guys just not like it? Well, it was, <laughs> I mean, it, it's been quite an endeavor to put out five UHQs yeah. at the same time. To do eight or ten would just be impossible. So yeah. we had to split it up some way. Yeah. And, uh, Halloween 1, 4, and 5 are new to Chef Factory. Um, we licensed them from uh, Trancus and Compass International. So mm-hmm. it only made sense to go up to five because we yeah. got, you know, four and five. So, so three was easier to get then previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Halloween 3 was easier to get previously. Well, we've always had the rights to Halloween 2 and 3 oh, wow. since Scream Factory started in like 20, 2009 or 2010. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Mm. It's been so long ago. But yeah, we've we've always had 2 and 3. And as J-Mac kind of said there, uh, I, I don't know if you know, like I don't know if you feel this way as well, but in 2021, Halloween 3 has been getting a bit more love. Right, because oh, it's it been crap. Yeah. Right, and I, and I know that, like, for me, myself, I enjoyed Halloween 3, and I accept it for what it is. At the end of the day, it's a journey, right? The Halloween franchise went through a journey, and they tried to do something. Not everything works, right, at the end of the day, because they created this iconic character called Michael Myers, right? But they did try to do something else, so they were brave, and I respect that. So yeah. I treat the movie itself uh, as what it is. It's in the Halloween franchise. It's not got Michael Myers in it but I still accept it in the Halloween family. And with the new Halloween Kills trailer, and you're seeing the you know the masks in that trailer, for me, it only makes me love what they're doing more because they're, they're not disrespecting anything about the franchise. They're including it. They're saying, look, it is what it is, but we, we're, we're acknowledging it, and uh, we're kind of tipping the hat to it. And I love stuff like that. It's proper fan service. Yeah. And so... You yourself, did you did you enjoy Halloween three? Is it something that you happily will say, you know, it's a movie I enjoyed? No, I, I enjoy the film a lot for what it is. I mean it really isn't uh I mean it has the name Halloween on it, but it mm-hmm. you know, it's really not part of the of the 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 whole mm-hmm. the uh, bigger picture. Out, but yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I've always liked it. Yeah. I, I think yeah. as well. I uh sorry, just to, to put my kind of two two cents in here um i think that i mean i i'm not like i said a, a second ago i'm not a huge fan of halloween 3 but i'm i'm a michael myers guy you know that's that's just for me that is halloween but i think maybe the mistake that was made was not doing halloween 3 when they did halloween 2 you know if, if it was halloween and then halloween 2 was actually season of the witch then you're starting the anthology pretty pretty clearly and maybe they just made a mistake with that and we could have had a whole different series of movies but like I said, still love Michael Myers. 
So mm-hmm. it's uh, nice to see him getting restored again. I, you know, I think in 1981, when you killed somebody, they pretty much stayed dead. You know, now you can't kill anybody in the movie business as long as you make enough money to bring mm-hmm. it back. So, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, so they did try and go in another direction. And, yeah, I think it was cool that they tried it. It would have been as interesting to see, <clears throat> you know, what the next film would have been like. Mm. Well, I, I see growing up, uh, I kind of watched uh, Halloween four and five. And I was quite young when I watched it. You're probably the same as me. Uh, when you've got family members that are older than your cousins, brothers, or whatever, and they watch movies, they kind of bring the little brother in to watch. And that's kind of how I was introduced to Halloween from a very young age. But um, for me, my experience of watching Halloween wasn't the same as everybody else's because I watched three and four before I ever watched the first one. So for me, Danielle Harris happens to be the the character that everybody, everybody loves Laurie Strode because it's that's there's your dynamic you got uh, Michael Myers and Laurie Strode but for me it was always Daniel Harris Laurie Strode kind of came for me afterwards um how did you first discover Halloween and what was your was I take it you watched the first one first? well I'm quite a bit older than you guys and uh, <laughs> I saw Halloween in the theater in 1978 oh, wow. my dad took me to it it was a double feature of Halloween and Black Christmas <laughs> nice. <laughs> And so, you know, I've loved the film since then and mm-hmm. have had every version, Blu-ray, I mean, excuse me, <clears throat> beta, VHS, Laserdisc, <laughs> you know, every DVD version. Um, yeah. It is it is my favorite horror film of all time, yeah. Halloween. So. There's, there's just something about it. And did you, I know every, every, the fans accept to the kind of shun three, apart from there is still a big fan following of Halloween 3 just you have to kind of look for it uh, I'm part of that by the way I'll always defend it uh, for yourself do you like how it went obviously you'll you'll know better than anyone the, there was a lot of politics behind the making of the movies and with uh, Mustafa Akkad owning the rights and bringing in new guys and all that stuff it did kind of it went from what it was and it kind of went elsewhere and um, how do you feel about that the the franchise as a whole maybe up to H2O did you enjoy that kind of stuff, or was is there one you're like, hey, you know what, I just can't? No, I, I I like them all. You know, they're all not you know the first movie. They mm-hmm. have their own you know things that make them uh, you know sort of fun. <laughs> I, you know, most people don't like Resurrection, but I, I kind of like the film. That's like, fun. It, yeah, it's I fun. think it has some cool stuff in it. And I think the mask is much better in that one. The um, mask is good. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I even find things in that film that I like, and and I like both of Rob Zombie's movies as well. Uh, well, I <laughs> this, this is where this is where we, we go off rails a little bit. The thing is, I I think both myself and Kevin both really enjoyed uh, Rob Zombie's first Halloween. Mm-hmm. The second one was just so bizarre. Um, yeah, it was, like, it was... A lot of the dream sequences and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it's Rob Zombie; he can do what he wants. I like uh, Rob. I worked with mm-hmm. Rob uh, yeah. on Munster's Go Home. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I knew he was a fan. Uh-huh. So we got him to do a commentary on that. And uh, I got to stand around and talk to him for about an hour after he finished. And he's just, That's amazing. He's a super great guy. And he's, re- re- he's rebooting the monsters yeah, as well. Yeah, I know. It was kind of funny. that I, <laughs> I kind of wonder if that's when that started. Because, uh, uh. But, you know, the, the coolest thing about it is that Rob Zombie's a fan too. So, 
you know, we were there with Butch Patrick and, and Rob had Butch Patrick sign something for him. So, mm. he's, you know, he's just like us. He's Yeah. The thing is, um, I watched uh, a lot of the documentary because I, I, I binge Halloween content and that's kind of how I came to seeing a lot about the stuff you do. Um, Rob Zombie, I think people always kind of, they don't dig the second Rob Zombie one, but I do think that a lot of that has to do with, I think he had such a horrible time uh, and his, and, and from his opinion, from what I've seen, doing the first one to the point where he was like, well, the first one was an absolute success. And if I go back and do the second, they'll see what I've done and they'll be like, right, we can let him breathe now and let him do his thing. And he said it was even worse on the second. And he actually said that there was a point where one of the Weinsteins brought him into an office, played the the, the first uh, Halloween that he made and was like, see this scene here. We need to have this to be more like that. And he's like, I made that movie. <laughs> You're literally showing me a scene I made. And you know, just that kind of stuff. Do you feel, um, I don't know how, how, how much you kind of worked with in that kind of environment. Do you ever kind of come up, especially even in the Halloween franchise, where where there's, you're trying to be, because you guys are creative when it comes, to, you don't just put, you don't just uh, clean up the movie and put it out. You add more to it. There's more value in there for the, for the audience. Do you ever find that you've got to a point where you're trying to do something creative, but there's loggerheads, whether it be maybe to do with the rights or something, or just wee bits and bobs where they're like, no, we can do this, but not that. Do you ever have any anything like that happen? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think really a lot of times, you know, you'll see the fans complaining about something and, you know, they don't realize how much this industry is ruled by lawyers. <laughs> and, you know, as a bigger company and with deals with all the studios, when the studio tells you to cut something or you can't use something, um, you know, we have to play by the rules. We can't just, yeah. them. so, um, a lot of things are affected by lawyers. Yeah. That kind of is, is there a, a, a set process that you know, you're going to have to go through for every single release that you do like a, you know, Absolutely. like a, a 12 step program, right? We start here, then we do this, then that, then this. We know when we're shooting, you know, that, you know, in an interview that there are things that we're just not, we're going to have to cut, you know, we, you, you can't have an actor trashing somebody, you know, they, they don't want that on a disc and, you know, they're right. You know, it's mm -hmm. not the place to do that. Uh, you know, I guess the place to do that now is the internet, but um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not going to be on a disc where it's, you know, around forever. Mm, so, yeah. you know, there are often are things that we want to do that we can't do and it's a shame. And, uh, um, but that's what you have to deal with when you're in this business. Yeah, we we I think who was it? We heard it from Gary Smart, wasn't it? That he tried to use was it a a clip of something, and they were like for every second it was like what? How much? How much? The thousands was it, J Mac? You better no, understand these things. I think this was actually um, it was when I spoke to John Campopiano about the uh, the right. um, the not it, sorry the, mm -hmm. the Pet Cemetery documentary right. that he yeah made. yeah. Uh, they were looking for something like uh, sixty thousand dollars a second for clips. And it, yeah. it was basically basically a way to tell them just to leave without saying leave. Yeah, um, it's, it's terrifying. It's outrageous, and you know that's why you won't see a lot of clips from other movies and our extras. Uh, mm -hmm. Even posters. Sometimes we have to take posters out. Wow. Um, it's crazy, but 
you know, we're a bigger target. And I think some of the smaller labels are able to use the term fair use mm-hmm. and use clips and posters and stills and stuff. But we're, we tend to be a target. You know, people mm-hmm. know that the company makes, you know, money. So, you know, they're looking for us to, to blow it and use something of theirs so they can come after us. So, you would um, think, really, that uh, <laughs> these companies would would be a bit more, you know, accepting what you guys do because you guys are the middleman between them and us, right? You're, you're the guys that take the content they've pretty much left because they do what they do, it gets released, and then they kind of just, it's out there. And you guys put a new lease of life to that. You would think that that would only be a great thing for them to kind of, you know, give you their blessing and maybe take it easy, no? Well... I mean, they have a point, too, because they're an even bigger target than we are, mm. you know, the studios. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you can't put something on a disc that could open you up to a lawsuit. So, <laughs> you know, that's why, yeah. you know, people are, well, why are there not deleted scenes? You know, there is a, you know, a, a rule that if you use footage of somebody that was not in the final movie, they st- get to start to make sag residuals so you know you've got to think about that when you go in and you want to use footage you know you know can we afford to pay you know sag residuals for this scene you know mm-hmm. um so th- there are so many rules out there that we have to play by um it's like a minefield it is yeah it really is. Uh-huh. so can it with regards to the the one to five 4k um i've seen just how amazing the artwork looks um and we can obviously from the the images we can see that you're getting like vinyls and stuff um so what can the what what can be expected in fact i actually seen it on the website uh that you guys have got like proper there's there's a full list of like new features that, that haven't been there before. What kind of what kind of stuff did you guys put in? Like, is there a pro- is there a part of that project where you were like, you know, we spent so much time on this, uh, and it went it's now part of the 4K set where you're like, that's something I'm really proud to have there. Well, I mean, most of the things that we've announced so far are things that already existed that were on the mm-hmm. Halloween box set. Um, there's sort of two uh, waves of when we announce a title. When we first announce the title, it's mainly because it's going to go up on Amazon and all the outlets. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So we do a press release. Mm-hmm. At that point, when we do that press release, we can only include things that have been approved and are right. ready to go. Because you See. don't want to announce something that doesn't come together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been down that road, and you, <laughs> you put an extra on the back, and then for some reason something happens, and you have to take, you have to remove it. Mm-hmm. So once the discs are done, which is going to be about August sixth, mm-hmm. um, then we'll do another announcement that will show everything that's on the disc. So right now, mm-hmm. what people are seeing are things that already exist and that we used on previous releases. Okay. But um, there will be much more on the disc that we have wow. not yet. I'm just I'm just looking at it here on. I mean, I can actually share the screen with you guys, um, guys at home as well. For those of you that haven't seen it, um, but the incredible. Just looking at that, like that is pretty much why I got a job when I still live with my parents. Yeah. Like <laughs> this would have been straight up there. I, I can already see myself going in. I mean, just. I'm such a fan of the physical work and the fact you guys haven't just kind of, it doesn't look like something you have just pre-cooked and 
kind of thrown out there as a money grab. You can see that a lot of heart and soul's gone into this. Um, oh, yeah. Just even look at the artwork. I mean, that kind of we've we've never seen that. Obviously, who who's the artist that that done that? Uh, Joel Robinson did those. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, art is always subjective. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people look at Picasso and say that's garbage, <laughs> and so somebody will look at your new cover and say, "Oh, that's terrible." And it's like, uh, that's, you know, it, that's just how it is. You know, some mm. people like art, some people don't. Yeah. It's something it's something I'm a big fan of is the, the kind of older style movie posters, the ones that are hand painted and hand drawn and stuff like that. There is they, they do have a certain charm that is pretty much missing nowadays. It's it's all just, you know, photograph composites and stuff like that. So it's really yeah. nice to see proper artwork going on a DVD. It looks it looks great. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've been blamed many times for the floating head artwork, but you know, <laughs> when you have a lot of stars in the movie, you want to put yeah. them on the front. You know, they're the mm-hmm. draw. You know, in many cases for the movie, so you can't just leave them off. You know, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and that's another just, thing. Like people will say, you know, God, why didn't you have such and such on the cover? And it's like some some actors have in their contract that they have the approval right of their likeness. So if we draw. A cast member and we can't get them to approve it um you know we've wasted our time doing a piece of art so you know you need to know that going in like when we did a collector's edition of cobra like everybody's like mm-hmm. why did you use the poster that's like because sylvester stallone wouldn't approve the image we drew from them <laughs> you know it's like it's it's not that you know we just were lazy we actually mm-hmm. went through several covers and he, mm-hmm. he he didn't approve any of them, so you know it's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is really good to know this stuff, though. This is the type of thing that I mean, it does answer those questions without people yeah. have having to to bitch and moan at you online. So yeah, that's it, it's really good to know these things. Um, the when did the decision come that you were going to do another um, kind of uh, restoration in the four K uh, of well, Halloween? Yeah, when we got the rights to Halloween. Um, you know, there was already a 4K out that Lionsgate did, and, um, you know, it's a great-looking transfer. But when we picked up the license, we found out that it was struck from an inner positive, mm. which is one source away from the original negative. So mm. we decided, well, we've got to go back to the original camera negative. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we scanned it in 16-bit 4K. And uh, I can tell you, there are things in the movie that I never noticed before. It's so darn sharp. And it has <laughs> so much depth to it. Like, mm. I really, I've seen this movie a million times. And there's a shot of Lori's purse. And she, she's actually got these gold letters, Lori, across the handle on her purse, which I never noticed before. Wow. And, you know, maybe I just didn't look hard enough. I don't know. But, I mean, there are certain things that I'm noticing that are so much sharper, like the license plate on all the cars. And mm. it's it really looks amazing, the new transfer. Yeah, I I, uh, I think it was only last year. Last year I bought one of the one of the 4K releases. Sorry, one of the Blu-ray releases of the original Halloween. And the, I hadn't <laughs> – I couldn't believe – how the movie actually looked i mean it, i was i was i watched it on vhs growing up and you know a little bit on on dvd but then when i saw the 4k it, all the, everybody's face just looked completely different to what i remembered mm-hmm. that especially going from vhs because it, it was also kind of fuzzy and 
the color was so drained and it, it just it just you don't you don't realize how bad it looked until you see the restoration and mm. it's, it's just it's like when you clean your car you forget mm. how nice it looked before yeah. it got dirty and mm. it, it's it was the same thing i was absolutely blown away by the blu-ray so i can't wait to see the the 4k just to see the yeah. difference again mm. And I'm only looking at a you know a 1080p version of it. I haven't looked at the 4K one, but um, mm -hmm. you know it was great. We had Dean Cundy come in and he approved um, all three transfers, Halloween one, two, and three. And wow. Dean Dean said when he was looking at um, Halloween one, he's like, "Now this is what it looked like when I shot it." Mm. That's, that's yeah. Th yeah. That should be on the box. Yeah, <laughs> you know as, that that there's a quote that you want to see. Um, it, it is one thing that people forget is the fact that film is infinitely more detailed than digital. The, mm -hmm. I think there's there's this kind of misconception that digital is better than film, and it's, it's just not when you really get into it. I mean, every digital image has it has its limit as to how far you can zoom in, but, but if you've got a, a good crystal clear film, film photograph mm -hmm. or film, um, film reel, then the, the quality is infinite, and it's, mm -hmm. it seems to be forgotten. Yeah, it's also frustrating to see people like complain that something's grainy, you know, that was shot on film. It's like it's gonna be grainy. It's just how it is, you know. Yeah. You can yeah. smooth it out, um, but it just doesn't look like film then. Yeah. How how long does it take you guys from when you acquire the rights to do to do a restoration? How long does it take you from start to finish to say right that's that's the restoration done? It's ready now to press. What what how is it like six months a year? No, I mean, uh, I mean, we can turn around usually one in a month. What um, you know, for this project, we've spent several months on it, mm -hmm. um, just because there were so many films too to scan. Um, but yeah, it takes a couple of days to actually scan the film. Mm. Uh, it you know, it takes that long, and uh, yeah, I mean, we've of course because this is Halloween, we've spent mm -hmm. a lot more extra time making sure that we've cleaned every. You know, a bit of dirt and dust yeah. and, and all that. Um, Essentially, yeah. the the Halloween fans are they're they're diehard. So they you just know for a fact, like you could probably get away with the blob or the tomatoes from outer space, but <laughs> when it comes to Halloween, like you know the the microscope's going to be up. And from what we've seen online, it's it's all really essentially been positive. I think the only thing that people have complained about is that they're broke and they've not got money yet to pre-order it. And that seems to be the biggest gripe. That's but, a really um, great time if you're a fan. You know, yeah. So much coming out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. I mean, do you, do you feel yourself as the creators, you and your team, do you feel that when you do a project as big as this, it's always well received? Yeah, I mean, it, it you know, depends. Uh, you know, it, it always depends on what your source is. You know, mm -hmm. it's uh, another thing that I think people don't realize is that, you know, not everything is perfect in the vault when you go in there. Mm -hmm. You know, movies change hands for several different people. Like um, on one of the message boards, people were talking about, you know, well, on Halloween 4, why you know, why don't you have the stems to go back and, and recreate, you know, the audio? And it's like the stems mm -hmm. are gone. We can't find them. Mm -hmm. You know, the movie was first at Fox and then it went to Anchor Bay. And, you know, film assets get moved around this town quite often. And sometimes they just don't go back to where they where they mm -hmm. originated from. And so, you know, it's it's it always depends on what you have to work with. 
do you find that you'd kind of like if I if I was to say anybody got the stems, do you know where <laughs> to look? Um, I mean, they must be somewhere. Surely something like that. I know it was it was a low budget at the time, but surely yeah. they had them at the point where it kind of became what it became, and they still had it there. Do you think maybe someone's sitting on them and just not telling anyone? Um, well, Anchor Bay used a lab called Crest here in, in Los Angeles, and mm. Crest went out of business at one point. And I uh. don't think Elements ever went back to Anchor Bay or the rights holder because uh, I figured this out a few years ago when we went through Silent Night, Deadly Night. You know, right. we couldn't mm -hmm. find Elements for that. We couldn't mm. find any Elements for Part 2. They were all lost. Mm. Um, Hell Night, no film material. And they all have the one same reoccurring factor. They were all done at Crest. Uh, God. <laughs> That's mad. Isn't it? I mean, so, we all. Yeah, it just never went back. You know, uh, when we were doing Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, I think it was, we even went to Lionsgate to see if, you know, the Anchor Bay assets moved from, Lion, you know, Anchor Bay to Lionsgate when they purchased them. And they had some elements, but not the elements we were looking for and mm. i think when crest went out of business it all went in the garbage that stuff happens by the way that it actually does. happens it absolutely Be does i'm i'm a huge wrestling fan and there was a basically for anybody that knows the uh, wrestling they'll know that the big juggernauts are wwe and they've got a thing called the wwe network but there was a company that had run for years which was a uh, it was out in K Kentucky, really. And a lot of the big stars that went on to become stars, all the earlier work was there. Now, that company went out of business, and they literally got all their footage and binned it, right? And someone went into that bin, took the footage, and was like, whoa, and sold it to WWE for millions. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy what people throw away, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's, you know. God, to be the bin man that found that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wouldn't even know what they were looking at exactly. Um, as it, said, it's like garbage day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you, uh, does it cost a lot of money to acquire rights to Halloween and stuff like that? Because I can I can imagine like like J Mac and I, if we were to say, hey, right, hey, let's release Halloween one and let's do something with it, we couldn't just go up and say, you know, we'll give you this amount of money and do it. Is it <laughs> is it like, do you guys really need to do a lot of funding to kind of get that off the off the bat? Um, yeah, I mean, with any licensor, most of the time you pay them in advance up front against royalty. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it helps when you're a big company mm -hmm. <laughs> because you can offer a lot of money for titles. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we had worked with uh, Trancus and Compass on uh, the box set, too. So, yeah, you know, that, that, that helped us get the titles. And do you think they. What's it like when you're trying to make the decision about what movie you're going to pursue? I mean, with something like uh, Halloween, obviously you know you know you're going to get a good response, but you do take risks with lesser known or lesser followed things, and it must be completely up in the air as to whether it's going to be a success or not. Yeah, we go through a process where we d we just don't acquire stuff without looking at uh, like or comp titles to see how they did, um, how they sold. Um, you know, we, we have to take into the fact that we do work for a company that, uh, needs to, you know, make a profit to keep going. We have a lot of people in our company. So, uh, you know, we, we don't, we can't take as many chances as, you know, a, a smaller company 
can because we have so many employees that get paid mm -hmm. and get benefits. And so, you know, we, we are a little more selective now than we probably mm -hmm. were before, but, um, you know, it's, it's because we have, we have to make money. We can't lose money or we wouldn't be around. Yeah. How, how big is the company now compared to when Scream Factory? I, I won't talk about Shout, uh, Shout Factory as a, as a whole, but Scream Factory. I mean, how much bigger has that section of the business gotten since it started? I mean, it's a huge part of the business for sure, but um, we don't really have a set group of uh, Scream employees. It's you know myself and Jeff Nelson who does marketing, mm -hmm. and um, you know we use the same um, employees that Chat uses. So somebody who's working on Transformers might be doing the artwork or the covers for uh, Exorcist Three. So mm -hmm. um, you know we have we have a lot of people behind the scenes. Our um, our internet site folks, the people that come up with those great packages, the mm -hmm. albums and, uh, you know, the, the posters and the pins, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that make this happen. Yeah. yeah. Sure. A lot of people. Yeah. You can absolutely tell that. <coughs> so when, uh, when you decided to do Halloween, um, and you kind of announced it, and then the pre-orders went up. Did you see straight up like, "Hey, this this is a healthy, this is a healthy investment to do the Halloween"? Because I know you guys obviously done it before. Was it maybe based on how well that performed that you were like, you know, it's maybe time for a four K? Yeah, I mean, our site crashed twice the morning we announced <laughs> this. There were so many people on the website before we even put them up that yeah, uh -huh. they took down the they took down the system twice. <laughs> oh, yeah, Not we, did get, we did get a lot of orders, and uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's like when we did the Friday the Thirteenth set. I mean oh, that mate. also just you know killed the site, mm. uh, which is great. I mean you know that there is still a great fan base out there that loves physical media and that has not just gone to digital and and uh, forgotten about it. So mm -hmm. I uh, think the horror, the horror and the sci-fi crowd are the people that really keep physical media going. Yeah, I think you guys are great for keeping that going as well. It's not just the fans. I mean, you guys do your part because like I'd kind of said, if I'm going to spend £30, right? Uh, obviously, UK money, £30. If I was going to spend that on, a, on a, a physical movie that I could probably watch on Netflix, it has to have just that bit extra that, that appeals to the fan in me so if you tell me hey there's a poster in there uh there's some postcards with never before seen stills that we took me i'm all over that you know what i mean just throwing it and i think i think that's that's how you sell physical media now is you're gonna have to go above and beyond it's not just a case of buying a one disc edition anymore yeah absolutely yeah. A wee yeah. steel case as well. See a steel case, mate. See, just talking about steel cases. Do you, do you own? You you must own a, a a variety of steel cases behind you now. Oh yeah, no more. I I love steel books. I started to get less interested in them in the last year or so because half the time I can't get one that doesn't have a dent or a scratch in it. You know. Uh... Yeah, that's the big problem. I mean, we do steel books, but mm -hmm. the amount of smashed and defective and you know ones that we take back are, are really you know uh, painful yeah i, I own a, a terminator 2 judgment day steelbook from the original dvd release mm. and and i bought it secondhand because i couldn't find a brand new one because uh, i actually worked i actually i, I had a full-time job right working in uh, retail and i took a second job only because 
a movie store was hiring and I wanted to be in that, right? Yeah. So I had two jobs at one point just so I could work there. I didn't even care yeah. if they paid me or not, right? Yeah. So I'd go in there so excited knowing that a delivery day would come in and out it came was this this uh, two-disc edition Terminator 2 steelbook and obviously it was, it was pre-owned and I could put the things I wanted to buy aside before it even hit the shop floor yeah. and it was bashed. It was yeah. so bashed and tarnished. I was like, first off, I'm taking it because it, I might never see another one like this. Second of all, who owned this before? Because I'm going to have to have a word. Like, what? <laughs> like if, if you're not going to look after something like this, don't buy yeah. it. Give it to yeah. someone that will appreciate it. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I've got, uh, again, Terminator term yeah. one, 1 and 2 uh, VHS box set. I found it in, a, in an antique store. That <laughs> makes you feel really old when you find VHS in an antique store. Um, <laughs> But the box is in such bad condition um, that it, it's it's rusted, it's dented, it doesn't look good. But when and it was it was actually taped shut when I bought it. It said "Do not open until purchased." I was like, "Oh no, this is this is risky." Um, but <laughs> I, t I, t I took the risk and I opened it, and everything inside was beyond perfect. It was <laughs> it was just an absolute joy. It even had the original. Uh, it, it was like a, a Nintendo. Um, it was the. the it was the voucher, like a, a, yeah. a coupon, a coupon that you, you fill in and send away to get the Terminator 2 uh, Nintendo game. And oh, it expired man. in 1994 or something <laughs> like that. It was, just, it, was just, it was great to hold something like that yeah. in hand. So I think physical media is something that is always going to be around. I mean, I, I, I've bought titles that I now own on Amazon Prime, but I still don't feel like I own them. If I can't kind of put my hand out and touch it, I don't feel like I own it. Although I have paid for them, I don't feel like they're mine. I mean, I think the closest you could get is to print out every receipt for everything you buy online and stick it on your wall just as a reminder of the fact that you actually own it. Yeah, I mean, well, also, a digital title could come out of your library, you know, without you even knowing it because the rights expire or something like that. So mm -hmm. digital is definitely a lot riskier if you're collecting movies than it is to have a physical copy. Yeah. 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 And there's something really nice about pulling out a DVD and reading it, uh, and especially the ones like like I say when we, I think more so now, unless it's a movie I know I can't get on Blu-ray, like sometimes they come back or something like that. I know that I'll always buy something uh, to have it, but if I'm going to buy something that you can get on Blu-ray and all, it, it will always kind of be the, the the stuff that comes with more because you want to dive deep inside the movie and and the lore and all the stuff that went on behind. Like I says. I have pretty much seen so much content on Halloween, right? But I'm still like, you know, your release of the 4K stuff must, there'll be something in there that I've not seen before. And I think that that's kind of the part of, uh, of being a, a fan of movies that, that kind of brings you towards these kind of really cool updated things. And the art as well. Even if even if I've got the exact edition, right? If yours comes with a, a slip-off case, see, even a slip-off case. <laughs> so I've, I've bought E.T. again. I actually bought Braveheart again. I already own Braveheart, right? But I bought it again because I don't have this edition. Right? <laughs> I don't have this two-disc edition, right? Because the one I have is a one-disc and it's just normal DVD cover. But this yeah. one has a wee slip-off case. Stuff uh, like that. I'm sorry. Why, call me. A... Why? why do you have that and I don't? <laughs> yeah. and we're, I'm going to get it signed on the 31st of this month when we, uh, we're we doing a screening of Braveheart on, a, on the 4K screen and we're having uh, two of the actors from the movie there so we're going to do like a, a live Q&A so this is cool. perfect little thing to get signed <laughs> in there again 
there's another thing do you can bring his poster to get signed too hey absolutely Absolutely. that's that's coming down for a minute yeah (laughs) (laughs) Do, do you do you obviously you do work with a lot of the people behind the scenes in halloween the actors the directors do you ever get like signed editions where you i mean you could sell them for a lot more especially now um do you ever get them to sign a couple on off yeah like when i met rob zombie i had him sign Mm -hmm. halloween um but yeah i used to be a big i mean i used to go to all the conventions and get autographs and so i yeah i do have a lot of stuff that's autographed yeah Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, we've kind of done that every time we've kind of been with a celebrity that we own something of or something we really love. Actors, all, it's mainly always actors that we speak to, actors and actresses. Uh, but we, you got a, f- a few signed as well, J-Mac, your DVDs. We actually had a, a, a known Scottish actor come to J-Mac's house and we've done an episode on Stephen McCall. And uh, J-Mac got out, fished out his DVDs that he has with Stephen on it and he kind of signed it all. It's, it's a pretty cool. cool thing about doing the podcast. And, and I think obviously you're clearly a fan you just like us growing up probably uh for you yourself like and we ask a lot of people this uh paul davis guys like gary smart you end up working with these people that are essentially your heroes they they gave you so much when growing up in this in the form of content um do you ever sit there and go wait a minute i'm sitting here with rob zombie and he's signing something for me and and this is your i mean that's well, a step a step a step above when it's your business, it's something you actually do as a job. Do you ever, do you ever sit there and take a step back and go, "Wow"? Oh, absolutely! I remember yeah. um, going to a Fangoria horror convention and standing yeah. in line to have my Phantasm poster <laughs> signed by the whole cast and Don Coscarelli. And then, you know, flash forward many years later, you know, I'm working with the guy who I stood in line to just get his autograph, mm. and that's uh, it is wild. That is absolutely. Absolutely, the theme, isn't it? Yeah. Do you, I mean, right now, I don't know if this has always been the case, but in the UK right now, there's a really big scene for conventions, like horror. Com- there's one that we actually attend and we do the coverage of, and we go there every year. We do a big, because we we've got a film crew and stuff. So we go down to Manchester and we film that event and we speak to the actors and stuff. One thing that we notice is even independent filmmakers, guys like yourself and Gary Smart, like you can set up a table, right, and have people come and buy that that physical media there, and you can sign it. Do you do much of that? Would you be traveling to the UK anytime this year? I wish. Um, <laughs> I, love it. I love it there. Yeah. Um, no, we don't do a whole lot of conventions just because it is tends to be a huge hassle with shipping all of the goods and mm. making sure you got a credit card machine that works. Yeah, I remember it. We, we tend to go to ones that are here, you know, locally. Like we used to, we used to go to Comic Con a lot. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I remember trying. I, I was working the table one day, and uh, somebody from Paramount came up and wanted to buy some titles, and our credit card machine wouldn't work. Oh. It's just so incredible. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh god, you know, the poor guy's standing there. Oh. You know, so yeah, I think you can get an app for that now. Big company, it's a little bit harder to na- mm. navigate certain things. So. I think the the a lot of the conventions that we've been there, um, I think I think that stuff's all pretty much. I'm just trying to convince you to do it so we can hang out. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've they've sorted that credit card stuff now, and if not, there's surely yeah, enough. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It was an it was an internet thing, is what it yeah. was. Yeah, <laughs> we it was have a. Ho- it was the hotel's fault, not ours. 
<laughs> well, hotels, man. We know, we know what they're like, J-Mac. Um, there's a question here from Joe Paradine. He says, Halloween, the extended cut and HD TV inserts are in standard definition. Pinch me, am I dreaming? No, we, we did this for the Halloween collection. What we did is we inserted the TV scenes into the HD master. Um, you know, they don't look great, and we had to crop them to 235 like the movie was. But mm -hmm. it's fun to see those scenes in there for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, the really wild thing, I don't know if you know this, is when you watch that TV scene where Lori is in her house and, and uh, PJ Souls comes over, that's... The Nightmare on Elm Street house that they shot yes. that in, yeah. Uh -huh. I, I, I think I'd read that somewhere because uh, yeah. I like all that kind of cool trivia. Uh, there's a lot of TV spots, if I'm correct, and saying you guys have put TV spots in the the 4K editions. J Mac, what was the TV spot? And you need to do it for Cliff. What was the TV <laughs> spot that you told me you loved? Tell Cliff. <laughs> it, it was actually for. Uh, it, it was on the uh, release of The Way of the Dragon. Uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, well, I think it's called Return of the Dragon over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, they released that on DVD and it had the TV spots. And <laughs> I mean, this would this would have been 1974, something like that. And the TV spot was just Bruce Lee kicking kicking at the at the lens, kicking at the camera like the Chuck Norris POV. And then this voice comes on and it just goes, Bruce Lee, Way of the Dragon, Oliver London from Sunday. And it was just <laughs> the first time I've seen it. I nearly fell off the chair laughing. Um, it's it's amazing how how far how far the, the trailers have gone and TV spots and the voiceovers and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, especially actually with the the kind of seventies and eighties horror boom. That I think there was a, maybe one or two guys did all the voiceovers for all the trailers, yeah. and it almost sounds like he's burping the whole time that he's talking. It's just <laughs> that really kind of low crackly voice, um, but I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. it. It just it takes you back to that time. And, oh yeah. Uh, Definitely. Life is all about nostalgia now, <laughs> oh, yeah. because nostalgia we're not living in the greatest of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, I uh, I can't think of any really TV spots that I've seen growing up because I never really. It's not something I would see on TV, but I know that now I think TV spots and like trailers need to rein it back a bit because they give pretty much the full movie. It makes me think of that scene in Lost Boys. I read a TV guide. Don't need a TV. Well, it's a trailer. You don't need to see it after you've after yeah. you've watched the trailer. Am I right? And most of the things. Yeah, they try and cram too much to get you in the theater, but then you're in the theater and it's like, well, I already saw this movie. You know, yeah. it was only a minute and a half. You know. <laughs> it just it goes to show you how weak some of the the content is these days. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that the trailers are giving too much away. It's just that the movies themselves just aren't they're not up to scratch yeah. anymore. A lot of the time, it's a shame. I, I think the studios don't care if they give the stuff away. You know, as long as they mm -hmm. get your butt in the theater. You, know? mm. uh, I mean, yeah. you do hear that a lot. That um, as like the I don't think the passion has gone away from the people making the movies. I think. Yeah. It is essentially the puppets, the yes. puppet masters are the. I mean, it's, it's it's said by pretty much every creator, and we can sometimes one will slip through the cracks, and something's really amazing. For example, the A Quiet Place, that that's one of the for a long time. That was the first time I was like, wow, this is a movie that's original. It kind of has everything that you want in it, and uh, I, I do think they do slip through the cracks. I think what we need though is for the per the most perfect horror to come out. That would be great. That sets a trend for other studios to be like, right, let's 
let's do what they're doing and let them do it right. But then again, I'm just a fan, so I don't know if that makes sense. But would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so, definitely. I think so. I think the more power you have in Hollywood, the more you can kind of uh, make sure that you're not giving stuff away, you know, in the trailer, you know. But Mm -hmm. um, I think it almost almost to us kind of feels like they're – like, for example, for me, uh, and I've, I've mentioned this before, a teaser to I saw a TV like I went to the cinema and I saw a teaser, not a trailer for Terminator Three, and what it was is it was just like the Terminator theme with a big metallic three. I don't know if you remember it, right? Mm-hmm. That that done everything for me, right? It was like forty seconds long, right? And I knew what it was, and yeah. I was ready for it. I was like, "Gimme, gimme, gimme!" The fact I didn't see anything was so much better for me because I was like, "What is this?" Right, so we can see the metallic, right? So what we're we going, we'll go back to the T eight hundred, not the T eight hundred, the T one thousand. Is this the T one thousand Terminator three? There's a Terminator theme song. It was, I was invested, and they gave yeah, me so yeah. little. So I think yeah. they just need to trust, trust that our, the fans are there. Just trust yeah. us a little bit. And then the movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, again, I'll do. It. it happens to be a three thing, right? The third, the third episode in every franchise gets panned. I liked Terminator three, and I'll still stick up for it. <laughs> um, no, so you, no. you guys obviously have been going from what I can see from about 2009. Your first credits kind of kick in. Did you build this company around a project that you had done passionately, or did you already have this plan to do it? How did you kind of, how did you create Shout and the Scream Factory? Well, I have nothing to do with creating Shout Factory, but um, I started oh. Shout Factory in 2009, and at the time. I do acquisitions and I do mm-hmm. uh, production as well. So, mm-hmm. and I think it was 2009 we acquired the Roger Corman Library, mm. and uh, like in 2010, Jeff Nelson joined the company, and so Jeff is a you know a, a real movie uh, guy too. So, um, of course, we were brought together at the company and we worked on the um, the Roger Corman Library. Um, which is where I really learned that nobody saved the film elements because Roger was the worst. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, in some ways you go, well, you know, back then nobody knew there was going to be home video and they didn't know there was going to be HD. And, you know, so, you know, he didn't hold on to everything that, you know, you would have wanted him to. Um, but so around that time, is when Chat Factory really started to do deals with the studios and we mm. did a deal with Universal and which brought us Halloween two and three and Paratrain and and that's when Scream Factory started. We just Jeff and I just thought we need a la- you know a label to, you know, put all these titles under. And being Shout Factory, Scream Factory seemed like a great name. Mm. And so that's basically when it started and then we started looking more for product to put under that band. Um, and then we did a deal with MGM and, uh, you know, we've just been going pretty strong since that Yeah. Year. I mean, I, I thought, essentially, I thought you guys had just done a, a variety of things, but your store is jam-packed with titles. Yeah. So you guys have, you like, I can't imagine very many days off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people in the company, so different people mm-hmm. work on different projects. We have a kids and family division, and That's we right. have a you know a studio division. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah, occasionally I'll work on titles that aren't Scream and Shout, but mostly what I work on is Scream and Shout. Mm -hmm. And do you, the process of that, could you just be sitting at home one day, see a movie on TV that you've not seen in years and say, I wonder what the rights would be for that, and then have that kind of tick along, and then would you just kind of look into that, or do you do you follow like a an algorithm of what's doing well? How, how do you decide, right? Is it because, for me, I, I'd love to go... This movie isn't on DVD, uh, on Blu-ray. I'd love to do it and then go do it. Is that kind of how you guys get around to acquiring the titles? Sort of. I mean, most of the deals that I do are with studios. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we usually, Jeff and I usually know what we're looking for before we go in and acquire it. Um, mm -hmm. Whether you're a fan or you just know the film and, and know that it would sell well. Um, so, you know, usually we... we sort of know what we're looking for and you know try and chase certain titles and mm -hmm. sometimes you chase them and you don't win yeah you know you, know, you don't catch up to them but um yeah yeah i mean I, I would say there have been times where i thought all of a sudden thought about a movie and then tried to research who has the rights and then contact them huh. um but yeah well I mean, and we've done deals with every studio except lionsgate and uh, uh -huh. I don't think that's ever going to happen. So. Uh, are they quite cut off to doing deals with like outside companies? Or they just well, you have to look at their end too. You know, mm -hmm. it's they need to put uh, their staff members on this to give us access to whether it's art or whether it's you know film assets and stuff. So mm -hmm. and and lawyers because lawyers have to approve the cover, they have to approve the extras. Um, so it's a lot of work. So, you know, some some studios have been slower and some have been faster. It just depends on, you know, do they have the the staff to be able to work with us? So what, really um, what, it comes down to. what movie did you go, this might be a bit iffy, I don't know if this will do well, and it completely surprised you? Have you had a moment like that where you're like, wow, what, why is this selling like hotcakes? Like just one you didn't really expect it? No, not really, but I remember when we were doing the first deal with Universal, um, I was writing up the offer to send to Universal, and I thought to myself, oh my god, we didn't put They Live on there. <laughs> <laughs> so without going back to the bosses for approval, I just typed it in on the offer. And I uh... sent the offer through and I got approved. <laughs> and, and I, I think it may have sold better than any of the other titles that were in the original offer and it was mm -hmm. just like sometimes you just forget certain titles some titles move around so much from different studios that you forget sometimes where it actually mm -hmm. ended up landing yeah i have the steelcase blu-ray edition of they live absolute classic uh, again a big wrestling fan so rowdy roddy piper and a john carpenter movie yeah. i mean what, if that's not a recipe for like excellence that's what you that's a wet dream for you that one Kim. <laughs> i came here to chew bubblegum and kick some ass <laughs> but, you know occasionally there are titles that surprises you they come out and they don't do anything and then you look back a year or two later and you go wow, we actually sold a lot of that title. Yeah. So I think word of mouth sometimes, you know, friends hear it from other friends that it's a great title and they purchase mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah. One one thing I would I would say as well is that uh, the, the titles that you release aren't, I mean, it's not limited to, to old 20 and 30-year-old movies that, that are much more up-to-date things in there as well. Um, 
I mean, I noticed that Dog Soldiers was is on your list. Um, so, so Ravenous actually, Ravenous is one of my favourite movies, um, and it it really kind of flew under the radar here. I don't know how well it did in the states, but I don't even. I think it, it got a theatrical release, but nobody really seen it. But uh, wow, it's, it's one it's one of my favourite movies, and Robert Carlyle is just a joy in that in that movie. Yeah, it's a bizarre movie, and I think that's why it didn't really take off. And, mm. uh, I don't think it did very well for us on Blu-ray either. It's just that's a shame. Very, it is. It's a very odd movie, and uh, uh, like um, Walter Hill's Southern Comfort, you know, didn't do very yeah. well either. And I think mm. it's just a movie that eventually people find and uh, you know appreciate later on. One that that really intrigues me now. The, re the reason it intrigues me is because it, it ended up on one of the the UK's uh, video nasties list. Um, was the burning. Now, the burning, I've still never seen it. It's, it's not that easy to acquire um, over here. But I, I watched um, just like I, I, it was something I saw on YouTube earlier on about it. And, and you can kind of see how it made the list. But then you think there's there's been films a lot worse than that that, that were never banned. There seems to be no sense as to what, the, what they banned and what they didn't at the time. And... Um, it's it's nice that these things are getting a, like a new lease of life again as well. Um, you got you got to see the burning. That's great. Yeah, I th I'm going to need to acquire it. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it looks it looks like good fun. Um, yeah. Similarities to Friday the Thirteenth and stuff in there as well. But, yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, I think it was I think it was actually made or certainly in production before Friday the Thirteenth, if I remember right. So mm. um, it's not a rip off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the um, the what was I going to say there? I was meant to say something there, and I completely blew a, <laughs> a, a brain fart. No, no, that's I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. So, is there a, is there a title that you've been dying to get your hands on for some time, but it's just the stars haven't aligned yet for you to do it? Yeah, I mean, it took me years to get the thing. You know, every time we put in an offer to Universal, they said, no, no, it's too big a title. We can't give it to you. And so, oh. you know, we kept pushing and pushing. Um, there was that. There was uh, Alone in the Dark, which we have coming out. Uh, mm -hmm. I asked for quite a few times. I was told no, no. Um, I think Dawn of the Dead is probably the one, <laughs> that, you know, we probably spent more time trying to make that deal than they did shooting the movie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just uh, just didn't happen. And it's unfortunate. And Second Sight did an amazing release. And uh, so at this point, I think there'd be no point in doing it because, you know, so many of them have shipped over here to the States, I'm sure. Um, um, so that was one that was hard to lose. Um, you know, we were talking to some people about Suspiri at one time and we thought we were going to get it but uh you know don may did an amazing job at synapse with it it was probably the the better place for it to be um so uh you know the, yeah there's a lot that got away but yeah. I mean, it's amazing when you look back at how many things we've put out how many movies we did get and i, mm -hmm. think, we've, I think we've done pretty well on a batting average uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, this is, I mean, we kind of told you this before the show, but we, when uh, J-Mac and I were looking through your store, there was so much there that we're like, man, I've never seen that. It looks amazing. I've never seen that. It looks so I think going to your store is a great way for people that love, because I know that Gary Smart is a huge 
Uh, he likes the same kind of old style horror as I do. Your your store has mu so much of that that just so up my street. You just look at the cover and you're like, this is something I like, like a uh, <laughs> class of Nukem High, stuff like that. Um, so we decided that what we're going to do every month, I mean, we make a little bit of money on YouTube for what we do. So we are going to buy just, we'll literally it'll be one month, it'll be me. So I'll go in the store, I'll find a, a title that looks cool. I'll buy it. And then we'll do a full physical re release cover, uh, a full uh, review of <laughs> that release. Ah, um, long day, right? <laughs> um, so we'll do yeah. a full review of that. And, and it's, yeah. yeah, not even just of the movie, but of what goes into the behind the scenes, the cover, you know, all the cool stuff that comes with it. Because I think, you know, I don't see a lot of people doing that. I don't see a lot of people doing reviews of first off movies that you might not have seen that are horror. You know, just the the, the movies that you get your 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 main kind of loved horror. But on this side, there are horrors out there that were made that people like, for instance, The Gate. I love The Gate uh, with Stephen Dorff, right? But if I said that to a group of sixty people, you'd be lucky if one knows what I'm talking about, right? And just stuff like that. I really think it'd be cool to talk about a the movie and b the the reproduction of it in Blu-ray. Um, so we're going to do it. I'll do it one month. J-Mac, you'll do it another month. And yeah. we'll just keep going back and forth. And we're going to build this collection of really cool Blu-rays. And yeah. we'll be able to kind of give value back to the creators, which, again, is, is how the world should essentially be, J-Mac. Yeah? I already know the first one I'm going to get. Uh, unfortunately, the name of the movie slips slipped my mind right now. But it's the film that is, um, I think, came out in 1980. And it's like, it's like Predator. Uh -huh. What's that? What's that one called again? Without it's, warning. Was it without, without warning? warning? Without warning. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that, that looks that looks like a bundle of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I have a couple uh, questions here from people that that they knew they were going to miss the show live because of the time differences, etc. So they left questions and stuff. Uh, we've got Dean Renner who said already pre-ordered mine Tuesday when they first went up directly from yeah. Shout Factory. I got seventy-eight film with the vinyl and poster part two four and five with just the movies and posters so that's someone basically saying you know i'm all in there uh, and then below that people are saying uh same i've got mine etc uh, ed van says what happened to the newly unearthed footage from five why are there only uh, why are there no really new supplements i mean yeah like i mentioned before i mean that those those things will be announced when we do the second announcement mm -hmm. which will be like first week of august we, we like i said we can't put anything on the packaging that isn't done and approved and uh <laughs> you know, yeah yeah so uh, translation halloween fans you never know if it'll be there so you might want to buy it just to find out right <laughs> best way best way to be Maybe. um someone do, do else have, here so do, do you have a, a set number of uh, releases that they're going to be of this box set is there a, a number um, of how many are, are being put to put to print? Uh, no, it's not a limited release. Right. Okay. That's great. That's, That's great. the words I was looking for. Is it a limited release? Jesus yeah. Christ! I stumbled <laughs> over that one, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Casey Forster says one hundred thousand million percent. So there you go. I mean, because the question I put out to everyone was, yeah, we've got Cliff coming on the show. How many people have pre-ordered it? Who's going to be pre-ordering it? Uh, so there's someone there at 100,000 million percent. So for any negative comments, that that times five five negative comments equals that one great comment, right? Yeah. Um, exactly. And 
we got Victoria Hathaway saying Halloween 3 has nothing to do with Michael Myers. She spelt Myers M-Y-R-E-S. So <laughs> Halloween 3 has nothing to do with the Michael Myers fran franchise. They should have skipped this one. Um, do, have you had that? As a lot of people says, why did you put 3 in there? No, no, no. <laughs> So I no. think a lot of a lot of fans do love that movie. I think. Yeah, I think I mean, they're all selling about the same rate. Yeah, I mean, look at this way as well. Even if you're not a big fan of that, you're still supporting John Carpenter, Tommy Lee Wallace, and Scream Factory. So, you know, it's it's no it's not exactly like pay you pay for things to keep stuff going that you really enjoy, really love. So, if you don't like the movie, at least appreciate it for what it is and, and what it's doing now. Also, you agree? I, I mean, isn't Michael Myers on the TV screen? He is. I mean, he Michael is Myers. He is, he is there. He's. In fact, Michael Myers isn't. Michael Myers is though. <laughs> the, the thing is, as well though, that uh, collectors, most collectors are uh, completists. So if if you even if they weren't a big fan of the film, they're still going to want to have it. So that's mm. it, no, a, a bit of a, a moot no. question. In <laughs> the in the eighties, when I was collecting movies a friend of mine uh you know i now have a, a different appreciation for the movie but back in the 80s um i wouldn't buy nightmare on elm street 2 because it was just so it just wasn't you know scary and and great as as wes craven's first film so a mm. friend of mine bought it for me he goes you've got to keep it you've got to have them all in, the, in a row you can't have that one missing so uh, just can't happen especially when they all line up to be freddy krueger yeah. hugging the box set right <laughs> um there's another one here from dean renner he said never buyer's remorse i'll buy that 4k box set if it happens as fast as i bought these new 4ks <laughs> right so i mean from what i can see and, and i'm part of i would what you call the halloween community this podcast as well we've got upcoming episodes where we are going to be doing kind of deep dives into the halloween movies and stuff we love halloween so we we are essentially part of that community and from our end everything that we can see has all been truly just positive and when we see stuff like that it's like you kind of just scroll past it you kind of just yeah. be like all right there's a new 4k box out with new art and all different materials in there let's just not you know what i mean um yeah, uh, Jevron McCrory, he says he's a guy that actually owns a Lost Boys fan page, and it's a, a really big one. So uh, Jev says, loving these covers, I have a special affinity for Halloween 4, really dig that movie. So even even people that you know may have wanted to not purchase it due to whatever reason, having it, owning it already, you have kind of covered all areas of get you know ticking the boxes of why you should buy it and for someone that loves artwork it's, it's, it's a new reason to get it i mean i have seen this i've seen uh I, you guys call it walmart but we look asda over here in the uk so they there'll be movies that have been out forever goonies or whatever and then they release like a a universal and it all is is a new slip-off cover <laughs> and a new piece of artwork I seen me buy up like seven different DreamWorks ones. There were movies that I essentially already have, Kung Fu Panda and everything, but they had shiny slip-off cases. Uh -huh. And when I got three, I needed more. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, it's that extra bang for the buck. And I, I totally I totally understand that. And I think what you guys do is brilliant. So, so if you want if you want Kevin to buy something, just make it nice and shiny. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just gave it a new slip. <laughs> Stop talking dirty to me. <laughs> um, I think so. I kind of covered your biggest challenges was essentially lawyers and all the guys at the top. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, is there any other I challenges aside from lawyers? They're no. nice people, but um, you know they're just protective and they have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, would you say that that's basically your biggest challenge? Yeah, well, no. I mean, no. I think the biggest challenge always will be what sort of film elements you get when when you dive into it. You just never mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, sometimes you do deals and then you, you know, we've become much better about looking at the asset, you know, list mm-hmm. before we sign a deal. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, some films just, you know, I mean, I, I say it about Roger, but I think a lot of people didn't know what the future was going to hold. And I think they thought, you know, that one tape master that they had for television, you know, back in the mm. 80s was going to last them for the rest of uh, time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it hasn't. So, yeah, I think, I think one thing that, that we need to bear in mind as well is, is it's not like it is now where everything is everything stored in servers. I mean, these are physical things that take up a lot of space. So it, some some things just had to be literally burned. I mean, it's it's just an unfortunate reality. Yeah, I mean, Roger had like three hundred movies, and you know, it's like where do you keep it all? And you know, at one point he donated a lot of the library to UCLA, so we had to go there to get assets. And uh, you know, he just he had he had like four vaults in town, you know, that we had to uh, go through <laughs> for items and. Uh, you know, as we still are exploiting the library, we're still trying to find things. And uh, you know, I am um, based on you just saying that. I kind of come up with a great original horror idea. Are you ready to hear it out? It's based <laughs> based off this entire conversation. And if someone steals the idea, I'm totally fine with it as long as they do it justice, right? No, we're not. Right? <laughs> a guy, a guy works in an old video store and has the original materials to a specific amount of horror movies, right? And behind him is uh, outside the back of his uh, movie store. And he's obviously, it's run down because no one's buying physical media anymore. Out back, there's a lot of homeless people, right? Who people shun. One of them is quite shamany. Shamish? Shamish. A shaman. A shamanish, right? (laughs) (laughs) And she curses. She's doing a curse, right? That she thinks is, she's trying to learn it. And and she thinks she's not done it right. And she's kind of over the wee barrel with the fire giving it all this right anyway she she moves on curse didn't work guy comes out with the original materials and burns it in the cursed fire and the bad guy in that in that material becomes real starts killing folk oh god that's sad i'm i'm gonna well, it'll be stolen now. Someone's someone's watching this. We we have a lot of filmmakers on this. Somebody's watching this and stealing it. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I could tell from your response that it's a must watch. Mm. <laughs> it just needs tweaked a little. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what's next before we wrap up? You guys have spent since 2009, uh, and you clearly have put the the passion, the heart, and soul into what you're doing. You've got the love of the the communities, the horror community, the you know. Scream Factory, Shout Factory, it's not something that they're not aware of, so they absolutely know. Even when I said to Gary, and this was just an off-air conversation, I was like, I'd love to see a trilogy of Sometimes They Come Back by Stephen King. 
he was like, that's probably something the Scream Factory guys will do. I was like, oh, Scream Factory, I'm going to check if they have it. And so on, I kind of seen what you were doing. So you guys have obviously put so much work into that. Is that essentially what you want to do? Or is there more that you want to do in the future? Do you want to maybe st start making your own? Like I said, I mean, you can have my idea. You can have my idea. But <laughs> do you want to come up with your own movies and maybe put out a Scream Factory original? Become a, you know? Um, we did a movie a few years ago with the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, mm. That was the first sort of horror film we do. Mm. Of course, the title escapes me right now. <laughs> God, I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> this is a movie you made. Yeah, I mean, Shout's, Shout's making movies now. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a Western coming out that's premiering at the Venice Film Festival. Wow. So that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think we'll probably... Oh, yeah, and we just did um, uh, a remake of Slumber Party Massacre with... Uh, mm. with uh, I think it's also with the Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> so uh, I don't... I, I, I do so much work on, you know production that i don't mm -hmm. pay attention a lot of times but um <laughs> so yes that slumber party massacre remakes coming out um so i mean we're dipping our toe in it but um <clears throat> you know it's a huge risk it's much riskier than you know putting out a movie on blu-ray and hoping that mm -hmm. you sell x amount of units so yeah um, you know i i think if you run into it jump into it too quickly you can you know get hurt yeah I mean, we live in the world of possibility now. If you come up with a cool idea, you obviously have the the following there. You do have a the the horror communities behind you, and I wouldn't I wouldn't think it would be cra a crazy idea to say you know you come up with a script, an idea, a plan, and you could maybe do a crowdfund, and yeah. the people in the horror community would totally get behind that. And you know, you could even say you know, if you pledge a uh, hundred hundred bucks to us, you can also pick a variety of you know. Blu-rays yeah. from the site, stuff like that. I think get, getting people involved is the way forward for filmmakers. I think now, because if I know I can pay a hundred bucks, get my name in the credits, and have some sort of involvement in a movie that I probably would never be otherwise, it's definitely again, it's that whole giving value and like you do with the Blu-rays and everything mm -hmm. extra. When you give extra to someone, I think the yeah. the more and happy to do that. So I'd like, I'd, I think, I think it'd be cool to see you guys do that. Well, we actually own Mr. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Mm. So <laughs> we we did uh, we've crowdfunded two seasons so far. Of that mm. and it's nice. exactly like you say, people get their name in the credits at the end, and they get a lot of swag. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean we've done it, uh, but um, so far we've only done it with Mystery Science Theater. That's oh. on Amazon Prime, isn't it? Uh, it might be, yeah. <laughs> the first season we did was with Netflix. I don't know right. where the second season is going to be. Oh, right. we, need to, we need to get that on the re on the review, Jordan. Um, yeah, and also on the review, uh, this is the the sound the microphone is going to make. I've just seen Kevin's message saying, "Is your microphone connected to the right thing?" And now that we're right at the end of the podcast, I discovered it wasn't. So <laughs> this is what I should have sounded like for them from the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> I have, I have an ear. 
<laughs> absolutely well we'll we'll need to get you back on when you're doing more crowdfunding to kind of do our bit to help um we will obviously we'll definitely drop you a couple of emails let you know how we're getting on with the reviews and stuff it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you you're welcome back on our show anytime especially if you've got new stuff coming up if you've got stuff to promote i mean we could talk about this stuff all the time um, and so got a lot of stuff coming next year so yeah yeah exactly and, and you've got enough stuff there that absolutely absolutely um so it's been like i said it's been an absolute pleasure we can't wait till the, yeah, the halloween 4k comes out uh and i know that i speak for everybody in the halloween community and saying thank you for the work that you're doing on on you know these great movies that that are part of all of our childhood and we're really looking forward to it well thank you thank you everybody for continuing to support us we appreciate it yeah you know, thanks thanks for your time as well thank you oh of course <laughs> of pleasure. course it's been a great time thanks very much